Welcome back. Good morning, Fantasy Baseball. Couple days off. Hope everybody had a good weekend. And of course, I'm going to tell you right off the bat. All right. Right off the bat. Good morning, Fantasy Baseball. My name is Tony Sincata. Mookie Betts, the Dodgers, the Twins. You got 433,282 other places you can get information on that. I'm done with that. We're going to talk fantasy baseball this morning. And if you guys want to, once we find out, we can figure out what it all means. But why speculate? Plenty of others are doing that, right? So let's get fired up and let's talk about things we know. My name is Tony Cicada. You can go and take a look at the first two shows. This episode number three. It's good to be back. Great feedback from everybody. And keep reaching out to me if you guys got any questions. Had some great stuff sent to me this weekend. And uh, great opportunities, great questions. And coming up soon, we're going to be on Apple Podcasts. We're going to be on Google Play. So you guys that listen to the podcast there, make sure you hit the subscribe button for me. and We'll get all fired up and take care of that. Also, in future... There's going to be ways for you to email me questions and leave audio messages, and I'll answer them each and every podcast because I love it. And you know what? I won't even listen to them until they're live on the air, so we could get some good and we could get some bad. Here's what we're going to do. We got this new math in schools, right, where they have this core math, and it's about not necessarily getting the right answer, explaining your answers and the different variables, Well, what I'm going to take you through is a draft, a fantasy baseball rotisserie draft that I did Friday night, 12-team league, and I'm going to give you my way of thinking on each and every pick. I'm going to do the first eight rounds in this show, and then we'll uh, go from there. I'll take some questions, and I'll give you my thinking on this one. Now, first of all, you got guys that will – absolutely tell you they're the greatest thing since sliced bread and maybe they are but uh i had some mistakes in this draft and i'm gonna tell you about them i wrote down notes as i went through this draft and i'm gonna tell you my thinking and i made some mistakes and the more you draft the better you get at it and learning from your mistakes is how you get better in the next draft now i remember i won a big league where I did something I had never done before and picked three pitches in the first five rounds. It got to the fifth round, and I don't know, this was seven, eight years ago, and there wasn't an offensive player that I thought deserved to be picked in that spot. So I added a third starting pitcher in Adam Wainwright, and I ended up winning the league and actually winning some overall money in the NFBC. So it was kind of crazy. So here where we're going to go is I'm going to explain my draft. The first thing I'm going to explain is Tony uh, might not have been paying attention. There were no alcohol or drugs involved. In the morning, I went on the site, and I looked, and I thought I had the second pick. Now, in fairness to Tony Sincata, maybe it wasn't randomized yet. So I go online about 45 minutes before the draft. Always go on anytime you're going to do a draft online. Go on early and make sure everything's working you don't need any flash drive 
Make sure you're working. The worst thing you can do is get on two minutes before the draft starts, and then all of a sudden something didn't work, and you're panicking. You either hold up the draft or you're missing picks. It's horrible. So always sign on early. So I sign on about 45 minutes early, and uh, I realize I have the fifth pick. So I thought I had the second pick. So my draft strategy with the second pick all day was a cooner or a trout, whoever's left to me, that's where I'm going to go. So I had no strategy. Basically, whatever was done, I was going to take the other recipient, right? So I turn on 45 minutes before, and I have the fifth pick. Now my strategy changes. Now I'm either going to take Garrett Cole or I'm going to take a hitter, right? So I look over the hitters. And the one thing that I do early in my drafts is I want balance. I want a guy that's going to give me all five categories, right? I don't want, even if, you know, 40 home runs, 120 RBIs is amazing, right? But if they get two stolen bases, I really want to refrain from that early in the draft. I like to build balance. And then if I have to go, like, say, Nolan Arenado and I don't get the steals, that's going to dictate what I'm going to be doing in rounds three, four, five, six, seven. All of a sudden, I'm going to be chasing steals. So I never want to dictate early in the draft, but sometimes you have to. Sometimes you have to. And But whereas picking fifth, I still thought it was early enough. So I decided I won't pick a pitcher. I'm going to go with a hitter, and there were five hitters that I thought were capable. I put them in line, and I'm going to take the fifth. All right? So this is how the draft goes to start out. Went out Christian Yelich one, which I didn't have in my top two, right? But I mean, I have no problem picking him there. Yelich, Acuna, Trout, Bellinger, and Lindor is the way I put these guys in my queue, and that's the way I was going to draft them. And I got the guy I had fifth in my queue with a fifth pick, Francisco Lindor. So I start off the draft. With a 30-home run player, I get 20 stolen bases, and I get a good batting average as well. Uh, expect him to hit right around 285. And going to get myself, you know, right there, uh, an opportunity to get 100 runs scored. A lot of times people look at the runs scored and then negate that. So I've got that, and I'll be a little light on the RBIs. So remember in podcast one, I went how I attacked Pitching is the way I want to go. I gave you the three pitchers that I want to draft. Uh, for all you people that did not listen to podcast number one, it's available out there. And go out and take a look. Ow, I, my second pick in the draft, I'll round out the first round for you, though. So I got Francisco Lindor at five. Mookie Betts went six. And then there was a pitching run. Jacob DeGrom was actually the first pitcher taken at number seven. Garrett Cole at eight. Max Scherzer at nine. Justin Verlander at ten. So four pitches go off right in a row in round one. And then Trey Turner followed and Alex Bregman. That was the end of round one. So now as we come around, I have the eighth pick in the second round. And I went and I drafted Walker Bueller. Bueller fits the mold perfectly. I told you guys with over 200 strikeouts, a guy with an ERA under 3.50, a whip under 1.15, he fits all that, right? He's 24 years old. Uh, we're going to look at a kid that's going to be right there. So he's my first pitcher that I take. After two rounds, I got Lindor and I got 
Walker Bueller. Everything's fine. Everything's going well for me. Then in the third round, I draft a guy. I'll, I'll give you the round two first to tell you how everything went. Round two, the first pick, uh, number 13 overall was Trevor Story. 14 was Juan Soto. Nolan Arenado drops all the way down to 15 with that run on pitchers in round one. Uh, that's shocking and surprising to me a little bit. Freddie Freeman uh, went next at number four in uh, round two. Number five was Fernando Tatis. He was the guy I was hoping would fall to me, and that would have uh, been interesting because I think if Tatis came down to me, I might have actually went there again. And Tony, do you pick two shortstops as your first two picks? Isn't that kind of crazy? I don't think so. You can get them on both on the field, and you got unlimited potential with them. I, it would have been interesting if he fell down to me. Anthony Rendon was the sixth pick. Bryce Hopper, the seventh pick. I went Walker Bueller. Jose Ramirez followed. With the ninth pick, Steven Strasburg, 10th. Jack Flaherty, who which we talked about at length in the first podcast, went 11th. J.D. Martinez, the last pick in the second round. So we're in the third round, and I have the f- fifth pick in this round. Aaron Judge goes with the first pick, round three. Gleyber Torres, Rafael Divas, Shane Bieber, another guy I talked about. And then, I'll tell you what, I went with a guy that I didn't picture on my teams when I was putting my draft together and how scenarios could play out. No way in heck. But I told you I want balance. And what I want is not dictating that I have to chase a category. So I already got 30 home runs. I already got 20 stolen bases. I got 100 runs scored. little light on the RBIs. Where do I come back? Close to the same player, statistically. In the third round, I went Stalin Mate. I'm expected 20 home runs, 27 stolen bases, maybe possibly get 30, and a nice batting average of 285 or better. So now I got two balanced guys for my offensive start in this league. I think I might be a little... Light on RBIs right now. Little light on RBIs. The rest of round three went like this. Mike Clevenger with a sixth pick in round three. Alexander Bogots with a seventh pick. Peter Alonzo with the eighth pick. Jose Altuve drops down to number nine in the third round. Chris Sale, uh, which I spoke about there. I'll tell you what. You talk about drafting a guy if everything goes right. This guy's healthy, and he's dropping down to the 10th pick in the third round. That's an upside pick for sure. Blake Snell with the 11th pick, and Jordan Alvarez rounds out round three. So we go to round four. In this round, I'm going to have the eighth pick. Kettle Marte was the first pick. Vladimir Guerrero, second pick for round four. Clayton Kershaw, third pick round four. Charlie Blackman. Fourth pick, Patrick Corbin, guy that I talked about in both the f- first two podcasts. Alzi Albies, Luis Castillo goes the pick before I pick. And it's interesting because I was looking at Corbin and Luis Castillo in this round. So then I went with the guy 
That's going 61 overall uh, in NFBC drafts. And I took him a little early here. He's boring, but it was a solid pitcher for me. And I had Bueller. I didn't want to wait. I wanted to attack pitching, and I went Charlie Morton here. So once again, I'm going to get a guy with 200 strikeouts. I'm going to get a guy with an ERA under 3.50, and I'm going to have the whip under 1.15. Right now, my plan is still there. It's still working for me. Everything I laid out to do in my draft is there. And I'll tell you what, I'm firing up. You're listening to Welcome to Tony Sincata's Draft on Good Morning Fantasy Baseball as I'm giving you my thought process in the first few rounds of my draft, showing you how I executed and how I lacked execution. And we're going on to round five. Going to have a little taste of my black coffee this morning i didn't have a great breakfast either this morning i didn't have the usual you know bacon egg sausage little french toast this morning i had rice krispies old school snack crackle and pop oh baby a little black coffee goes a long way getting you mentally prepared now let's get to round five round five of course i have the fifth pick in this round and it went with Alberto Mondesi was the first pick in the fifth round, going for some stolen bases there, of course. Luis Severino, the second pick. Anthony Rizzo, the third pick in the fifth round. Zach Granke. And then Tony Sincard is up. I got two pitches. I got two hitters. And I tell you, this is the time in the draft that I go, who can I pick? If everything goes right and they end up being a first or second round pick, that's what I shared with you in the earlier podcast. I'm at that point in the draft. And when I look at that, I I, I can't stay away from this guy. I can't. There's absolutely no way. This guy was a top five pick. He's only 28 years old, folks. He's only 28 years old. How could we give up on this guy so easy? Everybody's talking about trade rumors, and he's going to be in a different place. He might be, but he can still play baseball. And it's not like he had a off year last year. Off years in today's baseball, do they have 31 home runs? Do they have 31 home runs in an off year? I'm going with Chris Bryant, Cubs third baseman slash outfielder. Another good batting average, 282. So right there, my first three picks, batting average. I told you, people neglect batting average. I'm right there. Nice batting average. 31 home runs. Like that. Four stolen bases. I already got 40-plus stolen bases, 45 stolen bases. I already got. Another guy with over 100 runs scored. Another guy a little light in the RBIs, but 2015, 2016, 99, 102. All depends on where in the batting order. We got crazy Joe Madden out of there, and we'll see what happens on where he bats in the batting order, hitting third or fourth. Those RBIs will come back up to where they once were. 
Great pick, Tony Sincata. Great pick. So after five rounds, Lindor, Mate, Bryant, offensive, and Bueller and Charlie Morton are my pitchers. I'm feeling good. Feeling good. I could make a team out of this. I can definitely make something happen out of this. Next pick was Matt Olson, then Giancarlo Stanton. Eugenio Suarez with the eighth pick in the third round. Manny Machado, ninth pick in the fifth round. Marcus Semien, the tenth pick in the fifth round. Eloy Jimenez, and then Lucas Giolito. Round sixth, I have the eighth pick. So I'm uh, feeling it. You ready? Round six, pick number one, Tyler Glass now. Aaron Nola, the first catcher off the board. Gary Sanchez goes uh, the third pick, round six. I'm going to talk about catchers a little later in the podcast. If you're putting together leagues, you need to listen. If you're a commissioner, you need to listen. If you play in leagues, you need to listen. So make sure you turn into my catcher talk a little later in the podcast. Uh, next pick was uh, Yoan Mancada with a fourth pick in the sixth round. DJ LeMayhew, the fifth pick. Chris Paddock, the sixth pick. In the sixth round, Victor Robles, seventh pick. Now, like Stalin Marte, was a surprise to me. And I don't get into the names. I get into the numbers and the categories I need to get to be successful. I would have never thought I'm drafting this guy. And I'm a little worried about this. And I think this team actually could go how on this 28-year-old performs this season because when he gets an opportunity to play he always delivers but a lot of major league scouts don't see this guy as an everyday player yet as fantasy owners statistically he puts up some numbers but he's always played in great offensive ballparks now that is not the case and that is Jonathan Villar, now of the Miami Marlins. And Villar is not a guy that I own on many teams. And his numbers could be anywhere. But you're looking at a guy that's going to hit 15 home runs. I like my home runs so far. I'm in there so I can give up a little. And it wouldn't shock me if he hits 20, right? At 24, the Orioles, a great ball ballpark for hitters. Milwaukee played a great ballpark for hitters. Houston, great ballpark for hitters. So that's what you got to worry about there. And his batting average came down. Last year, he hit 274, but more of a 250 hitter throughout his career. And in the 30 st- stolen bases, I got in there. But last year, he had 40 at 35 the year before. Right now, I have three players drafted. I got over 75 stolen bases. I don't have to chase stolen bases the rest of the draft. Now, taking Villar, maybe a little light on power now. I'll make up for that in the next couple of rounds. But like where I am now, let's tell you what happened the rest of that round. Javier Baez goes. Hugh Davish went in round six, number <coughs> 70 overall. I thought about taking Darvish instead of Alar, but Darvish was still on the board. Noah Syndergaard was still on the board. So Jose Berrios was still on the board. So I thought I could wait around 
and get one of those later. And I'll tell you how it went out. But that was why I didn't pick Davis there. Sometimes you get greedy. He was already past where he was going to the NFBC. 68 was a bargain to get you, Davish. And I gambled, and he went two picks later. So if you want a guy, I'll always tell you, draft him. Don't care about ADPs. Don't go and have feel like you have to pick him based on the ADPs are out there. If you want a guy that fits your team, go out and draft him. Throw ADPs out the window, and yet, I went with Jonathan Villar over a guy that I told you will be on every one of my teams because it got a little greedy. Ninth pick in the sixth round, Javier Baez. Tenth pick was Udavish. Eleventh was Max Muncy. Josh Bell at number 12. So round seven, I got the fifth pick. I told you I'm going to try to get myself – at this point, Hugh Davish, who already got picked, Jose Barrios, or Noah Syndergaard. First pick in round seven, Josh Hader, closer off the board. Matt Chapman goes with third baseman, second pick. Then Jose Barrios goes, and the pick right before me, Noah Syndergaard goes. So the guys I'm targeting out the window. So do you go and take a pitcher to pick another, just pick a pitcher, or do you get the guys you want? You get the guys you want. So Tony decides at this point, round seven, I'm going to gamble. And I'm going to go and draft a guy to get off to a tremendous start last year and was all or nothing prior to that, 26 years of age, Texas Ranger Joey Gallo. I said, you know what? This guy's a 45 home run hitter if he stays healthy. And you know what? I might be light on that number if he stays healthy, right? Last year he hit 253. Remember, Joey Gallo was a 206, 209 hitter. He took to the new coaching in place, he got his swing together but it was only over 297 plate appearances, 70 games, small sample size. I just want this guy to hit 235, and then I'm good because I'm deep on average. That's the thing. If you're good on average, if you're good on runs scored, you're good on RBIs, you could take a chance and take one of these guys. You just don't want too many of them. So I took Joey Gallo there. And I like my offense so far. But I told you in the draft I want to attack pitching. So I decided midstream, I got two guys I want as pitchers statistically under the 3.50 ERA, high strikeout pitchers, and a good whip. So Tony says, ah, the pitching's thinning a little. So here's what I'm going to do. Give me a top closer and go and draft a Roldis Chapman in round eight. That's what I did. I went and drafted a Roldis Chapman in round eight. And I'm going to make sure I'll be all right in the closing situation. It's Tony Sincata. 
This is Good Morning Fantasy Baseball. That's how I went through my draft in the first eight rounds. I hope you enjoyed the mindset that I used in the draft. I know people don't care about other people's drafts, so I don't do this too often, but I wanted to tell you and explain to you my thinking on each and every pick. And it's great when you see some of these mock drafts, but you don't get an insight to what the person was thinking, the other guys they were thinking about, and their strategies going into the draft. You'll listen to Good Morning Fantasy Baseball. Stay tuned. We got to talk about how to put your league together and more. Welcome back, Tony Sincata. Good morning, Fantasy Baseball. I think time now to get on the Fantasy Baseball Soapbox. And when I say soapbox, I got a message. I got a message for everybody out there that's going to be a commissioner of a league. I got a message for everyone out there putting together leagues for the first time. If you got rules that exist, it's hard to change. But if you're forming a league, let's do it and let's do it right. You want to talk about fantasy sports. Fantasy baseball, to me, is the elite of fantasy sports, especially the roto style, because we're taking 10 categories and trying to put together a masterpiece of a team. This is a game that's played over 185 days. This ain't for the easiest people, and that's why we love it, people. It's not easy. So, what I got a problem with is this industry going the way of the world and trying to make things easier so people will love to play it. The people that love to play it are the people that we hang around with, the people that we're associated with, the people that are passionate in it. And what we got now is amazing. May someday fantasy baseball go away of the payphone, the VCR. Yeah, it may, but we won't be around. We survived in a passion that we love. So here, instead of watering it down and trying to appeal to masses that might not want it in their life, let's keep fantasy baseball great. And one of the disturbing trends that I see in fantasy baseball is the advent of one-catcher leagues. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. And the excuse that people give for having one catcher leagues is there's not enough good catchers to have two on every team if you're playing in a 12-team league, a 15-team league. That's the point, though. That's the point. So what I'm saying is, If you know there's not enough to go around, all of a sudden draft day, every owner has to make a conscious decision on when they're going to go in and put draft capital 
into a guy that only plays four or five times a week to a guy that's most susceptible to injuries to a guy that if I wait too long, it's going to hit 210. So let's reward the people that go in and bang Gary Sanchez and Yasmani Grandel early in the draft but suffer somewhere else. Or let's see if the best strategy is, hey, if I don't get one of the top eight catches, they're all the same, I'll just pick one in the last two rounds. See what I'm saying? Strategy should be involved in fantasy baseball drafts, not taken away, not legislated out of fantasy baseball. So if you're putting together a league or if you're going over the rules, do not, do not go to one catcher leagues. I used to be, when I first started, one of those guys that would basically give up the catcher position and pick those guys in the draft, try to hit somebody on the waiver wire. And sometimes you could do it. Sometimes you get lucky because, you know, you get a guy injured, guy steps in, and it could be just as good as anyone else. So you you don't go there. But I've actually gone the route of having one good catcher at least and then gamble on the second catcher, and that's how I attack the catcher position in my drafts. If it's a one-catcher league, I'll be honest. Just give me the 12th catcher. Just give me the 10th catcher. How is that strategy? How is that helping fantasy baseball? So please, if you're putting a league together, the more strategy, the better. Make people think before draft day. I get it. You want to protect everybody. You want to protect to the guy that shows up with the sheets in his hand, hasn't looked at them since last season on draft day because he can't get out of the house. And he's finally released. He told his wife, I got draft day. He's going to have some chicken wings and some beers. And he can't figure out what two catches he wants. Come on. We live in a capitalistic society. Bury that guy that doesn't have a plan. Bury him, bury him, bury him. Please, two catcher leagues. Hit me up with some responses on what you think. You guys have been great getting out to me on Twitter, on Facebook. Send me a message. I want to hear and I want to share with the listeners what you think about two catcher leagues in fantasy baseball. You'll listen to Good Morning Fantasy Baseball. My name's Tony Cicada, and God, we're absolutely getting it done. Two catches at a time.